satisfied with him. That's my testimony this evening on this Wednesday. I am satisfied with him. Mighty God, you ought to give him a satisfied praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God. Welcome to Cornerstone located uh, at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, uh, California. You're listening to Inside the Pages. Uh, our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. And on Wednesday, today, Bible study at 7 p.m. We are in a state of transition. And, uh, and so there are changes and uh, to God's glory. On Saturday at 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on 99.5 FM or... Uh, if you're not in the L.A. Basin, you can find us on KKLA.com. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We're bold. Bold in standing for what is right. Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. So no matter what opposition comes against you, you're gonna refer back to the word of God. What does God have to say about that? What does he say about that? You know, there's a time that we have to be quiet. There's a time that we can speak up. There's that time where we just have to hold our peace. As they would say, let the Lord fight your battle. The time to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And there are other times that you give an answer for the hope that you believe. And, and so my prayer is that you're listening, that you're in the word of God and that you are uh, know how to answer a response for your faith. It's important. It's important because there are others that need, that have hope and they're looking for answers and they're looking for reasons and it, it, it doesn't mean you're going to have an answer or a reason for everything that, that happens. But there is comfort in the word of God. The Bible tells us that, that he will give us the right thing to say in that moment, in that instance, that, uh, that we don't know what to say. Uh, certainly, uh, I was enjoying it, and I hope you were enjoying uh, Todd and Delaney as well, that I will be satisfied with you, that particular song. Again, I want to thank you for joining our the online service. And listen, if you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. And we're in the book of, Re of Genesis. I almost jumped to Revelation. We're in the book of Genesis, uh, touching what is referred to as the law of uh, particularization, moving from general to the particular, the three areas that we're dealing with here, and that is the universe, earth, and man. We're touching the creation and a particular person who is the cause of all things and the designing mind behind everything. So let's uh, turn our attention to the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, uh, beginning at the eighth verse. 
says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to proclaim your word. Thank you for all of those that are listening at this moment, those that are present, and those that will be listening later. Lord, we thank you for using uh, this vessel. Lord God, I, I thank you, and I, and I pray that you would bless us all to be a blessing to one another in sharing your word. Well, God, thank you. We ask and look unto you for understanding, for wisdom, for the knowledge that you have given us, Lord God, but we need to know how to use it. Uh, we need to know how to use it the right way, Lord God, and we know that your wisdom and your understanding will provide the necessary clarity so that, that we're a help, Lord God, that we are an encouragement. Lord, that we are strength. You, you told Peter that after uh, he is strengthened to strengthen the brethren, Lord God. And so I thank you for strength. Uh, I pray that you would bless, Lord God, that we follow the same instructions and strengthen the brethren in Jesus' name. Uh, God, touch the women, touch the children. Lord God, remember those that are sick in their body. Lord God, and those that are bereaved, that are dealing with the loss of loved ones, Lord God, Lord, we thank you and we pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis, the fourth chapter. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field. Then Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength a fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. You know, there are six things that that I notice. I, I notice some things here and maybe you have too, but there are six things that we need to avoid. And there are six things to embrace. Now it's clear here that, that we see that the question is asked, where, where? This same question was asked to Adam, where art thou? 
And we also see the word who, who told thee? Now, I know we're going back, you know, a few chapters here from the, the printed text. And what is this? What, what is this? What is this? Also, because, and now, and when, these six words popped out. These six words stood out to me because they're important. It can go either way. It can go uphill, it can go downhill. That depends on how, uh, it depends on you. We determine what happens. Now, it may, not, it may seem fun in the moment, or it, it, you may reject it because you, you realize that it's only a moment. The Bible says that man will miss out on eternal life because of a moment of pleasure, a moment, a moment. Now, I, I've stressed and I'll continue to stress this to, to those that, that will hear it, and that is grace is for the living, it's not for the dead. And I, I'm gonna include mercy in that. So grace and mercy is for the living. It is not for the dead. And so you don't want to um, have a moment of pleasure you, you've been entangled, you've, you've been treated by something, you just allow yourself because it is something that we allow ourselves to do. We allow. It's not that anyone makes us do anything. We allow it. We, the Bible said that, that no man, no woman, no one should say that when I'm tempted, with evil, I'm tempted of God. The Bible says that very, it makes it very plain that when a person is tempted, they're tempted of their own desire. It's something within their own heart that is unresolved. And so, uh, and, and after they have um, that sin, we're talking about sin, when that sin has been conceived, when it's been completed, then it brings forth death. There's gonna be some consequences to the behavior. Now, my, my son uh, and, and asked me today, he said, um, he asked me that I hear a statement uh, that another, a singer said, a singer, a singer. I love music, but it doesn't mean that because you sing and you're part of a ministerial song group that you are the minister when it comes to exhorting the word. And there is some conflict and confusion uh, that many are bound by. In other words, they don't have clarity. They're ignorant of the role in which it is intended. And, and, and so when we go into the word of God and we begin to seek out the, the purpose of the office that have been established, we'll find that that many reside or exist in a role that they know very little about. Uh, therefore, they're not carrying out. The Bible said, make full proof of your, uh, your ministry, do the work of an evangelist. Uh, but we find that those that have evangelist titles don't evangelize. You won't find the title missionary in the Bible. It's not there. And now you might be on a mission to go do something, but it's still an evangelist, uh, you know, or you may be an apostle, someone that is 
giving the word. Now, we only had 12 apostles that are identified in the scripture. However, there are many that uh, claim to be apostles, but none of them have seen Jesus. And in order to be numbered with the apostles, in, uh, from what the scripture said, you must have been with them from the time that Jesus showed up. And so therefore you were at the beginning of the ministry and you didn't just come in later. And, and so uh, I'm not going to continue down that path, but I just wanted to bring that to light. This is a Bible uh, believing, God fearing, Bible believing church. And so I was teaching on or exhorting on Sunday at a service and you can go and listen to it. It's, it's already posted talking about honoring the urshers and what the duties of an ursher was. Whereas today it's been minimized to being a greeter at the door and being told uh, certain things, smile when people come in, make them feel comfortable. And that's, that's nice. That's all well. Uh, however, that was not the uh, complete responsibility. Actually, that's everybody's responsibility uh, to smile and be polite, you know, and to love one another. And if we, if people were loving one another, there wouldn't be the violence. If people were loving one another, there wouldn't be the prejudice and, and, and on and on. And the list is very long. However, the responsibility of the that we find in the scripture, first of all, they were ordained. They were considered ministers and they opened and closed the, 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 the gates uh, leading to the sanctuary of the Lord. Matter of fact, they lived on the premises in that day and time and they handled all of the things that was needed for the house of God, for the Levites to carry out. I'm going to stop right there. And so just to identify the fact that we're talking about understanding what the role is. And so there are six things to um, that we need to think about. Where, where, and who, what, because, now, and when. As I was reading uh, the word of God, uh, the Bible tells us over in Proverbs, the sixth chapter, and you may be familiar with this already. Bless your Lord Jesus. Uh, beginning at about the 16th verse, it says, These six things do of the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And it says, A proud look. A proud look. There are many that look very proud. I recently heard on the news about a uh, minister uh, being uh, robbed. A robbery is when someone uses force or fear against you and to take what you have. Burglary is when someone breaks into your dwelling place or store or business car, you know, and steals something. You don't even have to be present. That's not a robbery. That's burglary. And so this individual was standing there with the uh, an exorbitant amount of jewelry on, uh, showcasing, and someone came in with a gun and uh, took what he had. A proud look. You know, the Bible said that they, they covered themselves with sackcloth and ashes when they went before the Lord to humble themselves. We come into the house of God, we come in uh, with a mind to pray, bring in praise, and to uh, sometimes we fall out on the altar because uh, we're having a bad hair day and, and we need God to help us because we haven't been able to, to get to where we want to be. And so therefore, we, we cover ourselves with humility, not proud, a proud look 
a lying tongue. If you know someone that lies, if they lie, don't lie. A liar steals your past. Excuse me. A thief steals your past. A liar steals your future. A thief breaks into your house, steals your, runs off with the keys to your car, take your bucket. And I don't care how I knew it is. To me, a car is a bucket. It has four wheels and, you know, it has an automated process. But I, I refer to them as buckets. And so a thief breaks in and, and take the keys to your car and steal it. Or they take your stereo, you know, or um, grab a bunch of CDs or whatever, you know, that something that you recorded. You know, I know they don't use CDs no more. Uh, you know, or they, they steal the, the flat screen. They saw someone saw you. Uh, get your 60-inch flat screen, and, and they came and took it while you was at work. The thief breaks in and steal your past. They, they took what you bought uh, and, and have gone on because you weren't there. You've gone on into the future to do something. A liar steals your future because you base your decisions off of what that liar has told you. Many men, women the same, have been have experienced the lies of another, baby, I love you. I love you, girl, you know, or, you know, sweetheart, you know, and next thing you know, you're all caught up in it, you know, as the, there is a saying that uh, love is blind. Well, that liar, um, you're blinded by that lie and you start to act out and do things. And by the time your eyes are open, it, some your future, has been altered. What you would have done, you didn't do because you believe the moment. You believe what you what you were being told. And the the, the shame part or the hurtful part is that sometimes we understand and know that 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 individual is not good for us, and they're telling us something. And you know we want to believe it, but we know that we should not. But we embrace it anyway, and so we suffer the loss of future, of future. And so a lie, uh, a lying tongue, God does not like that. Matter of fact, in Revelation, it says that a liar will not stand in his presence. So uh, don't lie. Don't lie. You already know if, you, if it's something you don't want to do, just say, well, you know, and I, I'm not feeling that. You know, you, you know the vernacular you can use, but don't lie. Don't say I'm going to do it and then don't do it. It says, and the hands that shed innocent blood. So we know God doesn't like a proud look, a lying tongue, or someone that takes advantage of another, sheds innocent blood. You know, as we just read the scripture of how Cain met with his brother and innocent blood was shed. Abel didn't do anything to Cain to, to cause the, him to, uh, to, his brother to come against him like that. The 18th verse says, in a heart that devises wicked imagination. And some people is in some trouble. Wicked imaginations. Wicked. Wicked imagination. Pornography is wicked. It's a wicked imagination. That person is not there in your presence. That person is not there in the presence of anyone. And that person that is watching it is sitting there using their imagination uh, to in indulge in something, a ghost, something invisible to them. Wicked imagination, uh, taking away the emotions, 
that you would have actually that belongs to your wife or belong to your husband is being distorted, is being taken away. And so in and so when people that are caught up and become addicted to porn uh, cannot have or they suffer struggle, that's what I'm looking for. They struggle with having intimacy with their wife or with their husband because of that imagination, because of that imagination. They're, that individual, their their person next to them does not fit. So the Bible, the, the bring wicked devices to pass, whether it's something that's going to take a life, whether it's something that's going to take the emotions, going to take the truth, going to take away from someone. If it's wicked, that's just what it is. Wicked. So the Lord doesn't like a proud look, a lying tongue, a, a hand, hands that shed innocent blood or a heart that devises wicked imagination. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Now, there was a time that I, I thought when I read that, I, I, I thought for a moment that, you know, that if I was running out to do something to be mischievous, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For, I'm not mischievous. I, I, I can't say that I always haven't uh, been mischievous and neither can you. Uh, and in this day and time, it, it, it there's a new definition has been added or a new um, something else been added because people run, people flock. To what's going on and they take pictures of it mm -hmm. i'm not talking about taking the pictures of someone that's doing something um I, I, doing something that is you know illegal uh, but I, I mean that they're doing something illegal you're taking a picture of it and encouraging it there yes there are instances where people have uh, grab something to post on the media, social media, and they are encouraging it instead of discouraging. That's what I'm talking about. And so you don't want to be swift and running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. If you know what you're going to say is going to condemn or, or bring about uh, injustice to someone, and you know you're making up a lie, you maybe you've been paid to lie or something. God. There's a problem. You got a problem. And he that sowed discord among the brethren. Oh, my gosh. My God, my God. Somebody say my God. You cannot put your tongue, your lips. We bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. How you bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord? And you are backbiting or saying something negative about the person that's seated in the same house. I heard someone say one time they, they went to a service and they actually were at some type of cathedral, you know, um, and this was a coworker and they said, yeah, I saw, uh, they saw someone come in and they said they wish they could have tripped them as they walked down the aisle. And that, that was just so wrong. That was just so wrong for whatever that you were thinking you're at church where's the forgiveness at you know i, I just put our put our sign out uh today uh that it, and to leave out over the, the the rest of the days leading up to sunday that says experience the uh, the power of forgiveness experience the power of god P 
people are hurt. People need need to know that that God is not looking at them and wanting to trip them up or wanting to despise them. And He's telling us, He's telling the church, because uh, not to sow seeds of discord among the brethren. Don't say nothing that's going to cause someone to look all cockeyed and crazy at another individual. But look at them and uh, and with some love, the same compassion that you would have, that you would hope for to receive. Now, hate is a strong word. It's a hard word. It, that's a hard word to hear. I hate anything. I, I, you know, besides making the fact that I hate evil, you, you ought to hate evil. The Bible said that Job shoot evil. He hated it. He hated it. And, and so um, as my son, I, I did mention this and I didn't finish it, but my son asked a question and, uh, because uh, the, the, the singer said that was talking about instances where people in the scripture did not or they, they fell short as, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They felt short, and one of the individuals that they mentioned was Job. The Bible doesn't say Job doubted God. Job said, "All oh, by my appointed time, I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to wait for my change to come. And so he didn't doubt God. He said, I'm waiting on him. And matter of fact, he said that, that, if, the, that if I die, and I'm paraphrasing it, but if the skin worms eat up my flesh, I'm still going to see him with my eyes. So Job spoke about uh, restoration. He spoke about spiritual restoration, physical restoration in the presence of God. I didn't say incarnation. I didn't say reincarnation either. But standing in the presence of God. And so uh, hate, meaning that you dislike something or that it is or it um, that you're pointing at towards someone or something. You got to be careful. We do not hate or present hatred, hatred toward our brothers and sisters. Even if we disagree, we ought to just agree to disagree. Uh, you have to learn how to not be argumentative and get all bent out of shape. Just agree to disagree. If you already know how the individual is, then you know what to expect sometimes. You can't expect it all the time. They might switch up on you. You don't know. But don't hate. Just agree to disagree. I I don't always agree with the CEOs and, and the, the directors and stuff that I, I deal with on, on my secular. Um, but and so I've learned how to agree to disagree. And I've learned how to do it with a impoliteness. And I've learned how to respect their office. Uh, that's what it is. It's respect. Do you respect one another? We ought to respect each other as children of God, the household of faith. Bless your Lord Jesus. Now, you have permission to dislike and despise the principle and actions of sin, whether it's directed at you or directed at another. The Bible tells us in Amos, Amos, the fifth chapter, and my, my gospel mother taught this to me at a, at a young, when I first came into the church, began to attend certain, there was something that she said that caught my attention that I had not heard before. And maybe you heard it, I, I didn't hear it, but it, now I know it. It says, seek good, Amos 14, 15, seek good and not evil, 
that ye may live. And so the Lord God of hosts shall be with you. And as ye have spoken, hate evil. This is what she said. She said, hate evil and love good. And that registered with me. That made a difference with me. And I hope that you hearing it, it makes a difference with you. Hate the evil and love the good. The scripture said that and judge and establish judgment in our gates. In other words, there's not going to be a false balance. Uh, you're not going to have wicked imaginations. Uh, you're not going to have a proud look and a lying tongue and, and ready to shed innocent blood. Uh, you, you're not going to be mischievous because you hate the evil and you love the good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It makes a difference in our lives. So as I was thinking about what the Lord was, what I was seeing in the scripture as I was reading these few verses about how Cain, what Cain had did, how Cain uh, talked with his brother. In his heart, there was some deception. Uh, he had a plan. He had a hidden agenda. And so as they were in the field, that he slew his brother. He killed his brother. Cain talked with him. Hmm. It doesn't say what they talked about. But we know that that hidden agenda soon manifested. And he took his brother out. He set him up. He set him up and it wasn't for a blessing. Abel was being wild. You know, the Bible tells us to, to put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy, the deceitfulness, the hidden agenda that he brings about. Abel was being wild, W-I-L-E-D, he was being wild. And so wiles mean to be tricked, sneered or deceived. It's important that we guard our heart cover it with something. We need to be resilient. The word of God helps us to be resilient. Uh, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I don't sin against you. And, and so if all of us are, are applying the word of God, shielding our hearts and, and, and living the word of God, the, I love this scripture uh, that the Lord has brought to my attention uh, during our studies of Ezekiel is that I've given you my statues. I've given you my laws. And if a, and if a man, if a man keeps my statues, then he shall live in them. And that's where you want to be found at. You want to be found living in the word of God, not just knowing the word of God, but living the word of God. It's alive. The word of God is alive. The Bible said the, that in the beginning was uh, the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you'll find that in the first chapter of John, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and, and, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. So the word is alive and the word needs to be applied in our lives. We need to apply it in our heart. So it will help us to be resilient. It'll help us bounce back. It'll help us maintain, uh, you know, what God want, where God wants us to be at. Cain knew how to take complete advantage of his brother. 
And so he took advantage of Abel uh, even to his demise. Now he was much older. Yeah, Cain, you know, was the oldest son. And I mean, by many years, according to the estimate that was written as I was studying, uh, Cain would have been about 70 years old and overcame his younger brother. So beware of old mittenums. <laughs> he, he took advantage of his younger brother. And so uh, no doubt, you know, that this was terrible. Cain was grieved. He was grieved because his sacrifice was rejected. Now, we come to church and we're, we're getting ready to have our ministerial council coming up uh, in, in the, uh, the month of October 6th, 7th and the 9th. And, um, you know, and I was explaining uh, to one of the candidates that are supposed to receive license that uh, that we don't function just any kind of way. The, the, the house of God has a, uh, God has a structure of what his service is. Uh, we don't just come into God's house and do anything, but there is a, a, a way that we present sacrifice, that, that we present ourselves unto the Lord. The Bible said, uh, uh, that we ought to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And this is our reasonable service. And so there is a way that we present. And so whatever you're presenting to the Lord, it's not mandatory that God accepts it. Yeah, there, there's a false belief that whatever I bring God, ha he has to it. He must accept it. Just like there is a false belief that, that uh, God must forgive me uh, for what I did and give me grace. He's the God of, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, 31 chances. Uh, that's not Bible. That's not Bible. It, that's a risk that people take, but that's not Bible. And, and so, uh, and, and so, as I said earlier, grace and mercy is for the living. But God said, I will have uh, mercy on whom I will. He didn't say he was going to continue. A matter of fact, as we read on in Genesis, we'll find that he says, my spirit shall not always strive with men. And so when do you reach that point where God is not striving with you? You don't know that. And so you don't want to ever take that. You don't want to take that risk. You don't want to take that risk. You don't have to. And so the Bible tells us that uh, that Cain was grieved because he thought and felt that what he was doing and that what he was given unto the Lord was, was should have been received of him. Verse three, chapter four. And it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground as an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstling of the flock and of the fact thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, the Lord. And so we see that jealousy, that jealousy. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was wrong. Cain it was blowing, like that emoji, blowing the mind, cool. And his countenance fell. So he was looking pretty messed up in the face. It, it, you could read his face. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou robbed? Why are you, why are you tripping, man? And why is that continence fallen? If thou didst well, thou shalt not thou be accepted. Understand that, saints. 
friends, if you do what's right, God will receive you. And if you do not well, sin lies at your door. If you don't do what's right, then, then it's wrong. One thing is right and one thing is wrong. So you want to do what is right and be received, not do it any kind of way and feel that, well, you know, I did it. And look, the Bible tells us, church folks, that the Pharisees would stand in the, in the places, in the marketplaces and look very religious. As if, you know, they, they enjoyed the praise of men that look good, you know, man, hey, you look good, you know. And God wasn't having that. He wasn't having it because there was no humility. Remember, a proud look. There was no humility of those that were uh, seeing him. He was not humble. And, and so that was not accepted. I'm just using that to parallel that, that we can't just do anything our way and feel that is going to be accepted by God. Cain, if you do well, you'll be accepted. Now, obviously, Cain knew this. Cain knew this already. If you do well, but if you don't do well, sin's going to be at your door. It's going to be rejected. Sin, meaning you missed the mark. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule, and, and thou shalt rule over him. And, and so Cain is tripping. Cain is tripping. Now, the Songs of Solomon, uh, the eighth chapter, the sixth verse says, Set me as a seal upon thine heart. Wisdom. Talking about wisdom. Talking about praise. Talking about uh, righteousness, holiness. Set me as a seal on thy heart. As a seal upon thy arm, for love is strong. There we go. Love is strong as death. Love is. Love is strong. Love covers a multitude of sin. I, that melts me like like putting uh, butter in a in a uh, on a hot stove. Love. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love is strong as death. People hold on uh, despite of the fact that they are hurting and they may be ready to leave here, step out of time into eternity, but loved ones are standing around and they, and that love keeps them here holding on. And, and that's why sometimes you'll find where when the loved ones leave the room, transition takes place. I've seen that with my own eyes standing next to my father and, and, he was holding on despite of, but when uh, we encouraged the family and as I addressed them as not only as the son, the oldest son, but also as the minister, that it's time to allow him to go. And as they came to terms and said goodbyes, they, uh, his wife left the house and she was a half a block away and he, he began to transition and we jumped on the cell phone and called her to come back immediately as, so that all of us was standing there when he transitioned out of time into eternity. But it was the love of us standing there that kept him. Now, jealousy is not like that. The Bible said jealousy is as, as cruel as the grave. Jealousy is ruthless. Jealousy is ruthless. And we find Cain acting in a ruthless manner. 
the coals thereof are coals of fire, which have a most vehement flame. Cain was burning up. That man was hotter than fish grease. And he was looking to take his brother out because of a sacrifice that he could have made. Now, you've been following along with us in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to ask you to answer this question. But we, we talked about this last week, how the first sacrifice that was made. Remember, uh, Adam and Eve took, uh, took fig leaves and sold them together uh, to make an apron to cover themselves because they were ashamed and they had not experienced shame before uh, because they had not sinned before. Sin makes us all feel shame. And so to avoid that shameful feeling, don't sin. And so they sold fig leaves. They, they didn't know fig. I don't I don't believe they understood that fig leaves uh, was going to dry and die because they had never experienced anything dying before. And so the Bible says that the Lord clothed them with, uh, because now they stepped out of being clothed in holiness and righteousness uh, where they were not ashamed into sin where they became shame. And God, uh, the first sacrifice, uh, animal sacrifice that we hear about is where uh, clothes of skin was given unto them as a covering. And so there was a sacrifice made. Abel, obviously, in my mind, obviously, uh, understood an animal sacrifice was necessary and brought uh, of the firstling of the flock. Whereas Cain took from the ground, which had been cursed, the Lord told Adam, I'm going to curse the ground for your sake. And it's going to bring forth thorns and thistles. And so the ground was cursed. There was nothing that Cain should have been bringing unto the Lord at that time uh, except a, a sacrifice similar to what uh, Abel had brought. But he chose to bring what he wanted to bring. And, and so it didn't benefit him. It didn't benefit him at all. Cain was also, he had the opportunity, but he chose to take a different route. We have opportunity. Let's not take a different route. Uh, let's, let's give God what he wants. Give the king what he wants. And so he took his brother out because of it. What or how did it benefit him? We know that it didn't. Uh, it, it, it doesn't benefit anyone. Jealousy doesn't benefit anyone on this level. Now, there is a jealousy that can happen. I, I saw, I heard someone preaching the gospel one time and, and, and it provoked me to jealousy. It provoked me to jealousy. I, I saw how the Lord was blessing them and I was jealous because I wanted, I wanted what they had. And not to take anything from them, but it, I wanted to get closer to God. I was appreciating their relationship. And, and so that's a different form of jealousy. You know, it, it made me want to do better, be better, you know, because I was watching them and, and, and felt that, you know, wow. And so there, there are two types of, of jealousy. There's the one that will cause you to get up and, and do what you, what you uh, are appreciating. And there's the other that is ruthless. The ninth verse says, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Where's your brother at, man? I don't know. I'm not his babysitter. But yes, you are. The Bible said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, we're not even talking about 
Um, we're not even talking about it. We're talking about his brother, his flesh and blood. Bible said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. You ought to bless someone. Have you have you walked back past anyone, maybe in the grocery store at the gas station, you know, and they you caught their eyes, they caught yours, and you said, God bless you. You know, have you given someone just a, some words of encouragement as you would hope that someone would give you? He claimed that he was not his brother's keeper. Listen to that conversation, the thought, the, the cognitive. Uh, the cognitive, the awareness that he had. And he's not the only one guilty of that because that was his conversation. What conversation and excuse and different things that we have gone back and forth uh, in, in awareness of, of God uh, sending conviction or his goodness coming where we uh, fought against what God was saying. The 10th verse said, and he said, what has thou done? The voice of our brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. What have you done or what are you doing? Something is happening. The blood is speaking out. Leviticus 11, and this is just the first part of Leviticus, gives us some insight. It says, for the, the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. This is why we don't eat, we, one, we don't eat blood. Because it uh, not only is, is the life of the flesh and the blood, but there's also death. The blood did not exist. And Bible students, ministers, evangelists, those that are listening, God bless you. God bless you for tuning in. But the Bible said that, that Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. And Adam was just laying there. There was no cognitive awareness. There was nothing. There were no emotions. He was just there. He was a statue. He was no different than some of the statues and, and ceramic tile and different things that I, I'm looking at uh, right now that, that uh, he was just there. And it wasn't until God blew into him the breath of life and man became a living soul up to God blowing the point of God blowing into him. Man had no life. And when God blew life into him, he became a living soul. Now, the theological argument that some would like to make is that uh, that when he blew into him, that uh, blood uh, was existing in that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe the spirit of God, he blew into him, gave him life. There is no blood uh, that is going to end. The Bible tells us flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're looking to, to be flesh and blood at the trump of God, when the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive are caught up. If you're looking for your flesh and blood to inherit it, no. The Bible said we shall be changed. This mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. And so there no flesh and blood is not going with you because flesh and blood is a representation of sin. Uh, the, the blood was shed. Uh, that's why they, the Lord gave them uh, 
coats of skin to cover them up. It, it represented the shedding of blood for remission of sin. And, and so when Adam became a living soul, he did not have blood. When he died, when he died, the Lord said, the day that you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. And we know that he did not die physically, but he died spiritually. There was a disconnect that occurred in that moment. And so I'm just, I'm going to stop right there. That's, that's going to stay with the minister's class for later. The 11th verse says, and now art thou cursed from the ground, from the earth, which thou, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not uh, henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond. You're going to be a wonder. You're not going to get the strength. You're not going to receive what you would uh, receive uh, any other times. There's going to be something lacking because of what you've done. Now, curse is the utterance intended to invoke harm, and it can be against something or a person. We don't curse other people. We don't do that. Matter of fact, uh, let me just say this. You, you hear it often where, or maybe you've heard it before where someone has uh, quote unquote uh, said, go to hell. You don't have a hell to put no one in. Matter of fact, the Bible said uh, hell was created for the devil and his angels, not for men. It's not made for men. It was made for the devil and his angels, God's plan and God's hope. He said, I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper is for us to prosper in him. In other words, be saved, not follow uh, anointed chairs that refuse to obey the will and word of God and go to hell because there's weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell. The Bible said that the rich man, uh, Lazarus, uh, Lazarus was found in the bosom of Abraham, but the rich man went to hell and he said, I'm tormented in the flames. Don't let nobody tell you that hell is not hot and that you won't be tormented there. It's torture. You don't like being tortured now, uh, mentally tortured. You do something wrong and it, and it haunts you for days and weeks and months. And you just think about being lost, separated from God in that tor torture that's torment. And so, uh, and so you don't curse no one. We don't curse anyone. You don't wish nothing bad up on another person. That's no, we forgive. And as we ask God to forgive us, give us our daily bread and, and lead us not into temptation and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The consequence of our behavior is what, is what causes the outcome. What we do has a lasting effect. It may be short-term, it may be long-term. Either way it goes, there's going to be some consequences of our behavior. Now, all behavior is not bad, and it's just what you choose to do. Had Adam not eaten of the tree, the, the ground would not have been cursed. Cain, like his father, would not have... Uh, to live under a curse 
had he listened to what God said. If you do well, it, you'll be accepted. Friends, saints, everybody, let's do what's right so that we are accepted of God. We don't have to do it our way. No, 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 don't, don't, don't listen to nobody say, well, I'm doing it my way. You know, don't, don't listen to that, that stuff. Don't listen to that. Don't, don't do it your way. Don't sing the song I did in my way and nothing like that, you know, and, and embrace that. You want to be accepted. Why must we do it our way and then get mad when it's not accepted? I, I'm going to give you the, uh, there, I, I remember some years ago, a good friend of mine, and I, I love this man, and he is where, and his family. And so he wanted to, to impress his wife. They, they needed a car, and he went out and bought her a Cadillac. It was laid, too. It was nice. It was nice. And she did not like it. Matter of fact, she became very upset. What are we going to do with a Cadillac? You know, we have four kids. What are we going to do with a Cadillac? She did not want to look at it, didn't want to ride, didn't want nothing. And he felt a little hurt. And a wise woman told him, said, well, you need to get her what she wants, not what you wanted. And he took it back and got a minivan. And they are happily ever after. All the kids are grown now. Why must we do it our way and get mad when it's not accepted? Relationships are marred because we want to do it our way. Let's not mar our natural relationship. Don't mar our spiritual relationship because we want to do things our way. You know, I have a book on my shelf. I have that book said, Man are from... Um, Women are from Venus, men are from Mars, you know, and it, it's, you know, and everyone is a little, everyone's a little different. Our upbringings are a little different, you know, and, and so we need to consider that and, and make sure we understand that someone likes being touched. Someone doesn't like being touched. You, you need to understand. And so you love a person the way they want to be loved, the way they want to be treated. And God has outlined for us what he wants from us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God has given us what he wants from us. We don't need extra books written. We don't need a uh, rhema word and all of that, you know, because whatever God sends have must be backed up from his word. The Bible is plain. It's very clear. And the books were open and man were judged is going to be judged out of those things, the books. So we need to make sure that we read the book, get into the Bible. Listen to the audible version, read it, understand it. You know what God wants and nurture this relationship. And guess what? He said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Not what you want to make happen. And sometimes we want to make something happen. No, what, but the desires of your heart, because your heart soon to, it begins, the desires begin to line up with his desires. Now, you don't have to know it all, and, and what we do, uh, we have limited, and things are limited by God's desire. The command not to eat from the tree in the midst of the garden was 
limited by design, but it also left us with a choice. Bless you, Jesus. These six things, six things, I'm going to read. I, I know we talked about um, what, who, what, because, now, when. And I just want to read this as we're coming to a close here on this uh, on this fourth chapter, uh, verses eight verses 8 through uh, 12. Six things. The Bible said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Whosoever, who? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. What? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? Romans 8, 31. Because, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Psalms 63, 3. Now, I love this. Now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's 1 John 3 and 2. When, when the fullness of time had come, there's some things that are going to happen when the fullness of your time come. There, there's a blessing. There's something that, that is just waiting to cross your path. I, I can say that and I can say it to the masses without knowing your business because God is so good. He is so good. And you just need to receive that and believe it. That when the fullness of time come, there, there's something that God has reserved just for you. And because, because you're loving and nurturing a relationship with him. The Bible said when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That we, you and I, might receive adoptions as sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, uh, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer slaves. You're not a slave, but son. You're not bound by the enemy, by sin, but you're a son of God. And if a son, then you are an heir of God. There's an inheritance waiting for you because you love him. There's an inheritance waiting for you because you're, you, you've made up in your heart, you've made up in your mind that I'm going to do what is right so that I will be accepted. I'm, I'm not going to ignore what God is saying and do it my way. I'm not going to ignore what he's saying and do it any other way and not be accepted. I want to be accepted. You want to be accepted. And we know the only way we can be accepted by God is to follow what God is saying. He, he has not given us anything that's difficult. Everything that God has told us is something that we all can do. We can walk before him and be perfect. Yes, it doesn't matter what, what has gone on in your life, what, what you may have experienced before or anything like that. The Bible doesn't cover the, the sins of man. It doesn't cover the things that in the scripture that those that did what was right and those that did what was wrong and those that, that repented and, and changed from doing what was wrong and did what was right. And, but in, in our in our story, 
in, our, in the scripture that we've read this evening, we see that someone did not change. They chose to take a different route. We're not going to follow that route. Matter of fact, uh, we, we're putting up a, uh, by putting, giving you the word, we're putting up a, a sign right now uh, that this exit is closed. Don't take that exit. But we're going to stay on the highway, which is the highway of holiness uh, that, that, that leads unto the Lord. The Bible says that there's a broad way and there's a narrow way. And so we're on that narrow way. You know, the songwriter said it's a highway to heaven. None can walk up there but the true in heart. Is a highway to heaven. Said if you're if you're if you're walking on that highway, it's gonna lead you there. And so that's what we're doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this your word this evening, Lord God. We we thank you, Lord, for what you have given us. We just want to honor you with our lives, not in words, but in deeds. Lord God, as we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, we know this is uh, the minimum reasonable service that we should give unto you. We pray and ask, Lord God, that uh, that you would bless us to be found uh, pleasing in your sight in Jesus' name. Lord God, now bless each one that have tuned in, those that have been sitting patiently and listening, Lord God, to your word. I ask that you would bless them. Lord God, continue to strengthen them. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you know uh, what they have need of. Lord God, you understand all these things. We thank you. We just want you to know that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Lord, say the same. We'll be back Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Continue to pray for me as I'm praying for you. Who is worthy to be praised? Say, I